All right, welcome back to Optimistically Salty. My name is Tracy, and today's going to be kind of a different episode. I have not done this before, but let's just say it's an experiment and possibly a therapeutic process. So, enjoy. So, the thing that's different, typically when I am in my depression, I will just kind of disappear. I will delete my social media apps and I will avoid conversation and connection and just kind of fold into myself and do like the bare minimum required function things to keep my family going and myself going and that's it so at some point between therapy and tools and removing all of the not great coping mechanisms like the eating disorder stuff and the incessant need to research I have started to actually feel the sensations in my body and for the first time instead of waking up from depression and being like oh wow I guess I was depressed for a couple weeks and that's why I couldn't text someone back and I couldn't function like I didn't know what was wrong with me I just knew that I wanted to be alone deeply and completely alone and this time it was like I was standing in my little lighthouse watching this massive dark cloud and waves like come towards me I could see and feel the sensations and notice what was happening, that there was a change. And I was like, oh shit, depression is coming. And instead of going inside and just hiding under a blanket and praying that it would be better or okay or let it pass, I actually, hold on to this analogy, like turned on the lighthouse. (laughs) Like, I reached out to a couple people and said, hey, I think my depression is coming on. And I reached out to other people who I just enjoy talking to because I didn't want to completely lose sight of other human beings. And I planned meals and I grocery shopped and I did the things to, like, set myself up to be able to keep working through this. I made myself a list of like things that have to get done in the next week. No matter what, these things are non-negotiable, have to be done. I have to make these phone calls. I have to do these things. And the rest of it can kind of fall away. But I gave myself like a trail to follow, a map, a guide, a something to hold on to as this darkness consumes. 
I have never before tried to record a podcast when I was in this. Um, I think it can be really isolating. And I think I've been so worried about, you know, I, I have been the kind of person who would kind of explain away an entire person based on a diagnosis. And I think that that's fairly common practice. Well, she's just bipolar, so that's, you know, that's how she is. And humans are so much more nuanced and complex than that. But I can't control how other people are going to perceive my depression. And so to be able to... I always use bipolar as the example. (laughs) Maybe at some point I will actually talk about my own diagnoses. Aside from depression and anxiety. But... For now, I digress. Um, so I'm, I'm doing something differently. I have been working on cognitive redirection. So a cognitive distortion are like the idea of catastrophizing or should. Shoulds are another example of that. So those are the things that a lot of us do. Um, cognitive distortion. So it's like the filter through which you see the world, how you perceive what's happening. And then it also sets you up for the behaviors that will follow what you perceive. So catastrophizing, I have given this example before, so I'm going to use it again, but um, I'm making pancakes for my kids for breakfast and I burn the pancakes So there's an event and the next thing is the thought that comes up and the thought is you're a piece of shit mom who can't even feed her kids and take care of things. What is wrong with you? And then the feelings come next, which would be something like I'm inadequate. I am a shameful and bad person and just sorrow over burnt pancakes. And then the behavior is what follows, which would be then forgetting to flip the next set of pancakes and burning more pancakes. Um, Maybe like slamming cupboard doors shut because I'm so frustrated with myself about life. And so these are like, this is the catastrophe. Like a burnt pancake means that I'm a horrible person at my core. So... Starting to reframe that is when you come in with the thought and you change it. And at first, this was like a really ridiculously slow process. Like being able to catch yourself in the thought takes practice and it takes time and it takes the right people around you. Like you cannot do this with someone who is not there for your best interest. (laughs) So, and that's hard. I mean, you can't bubble-proof your life all the time and just only have people who think you're cool hang out with you. You need challenging people. You need other dynamics. But being able to practice this with my kids was like, 
the best because I can move a little bit slower. I can think through things a little bit slower. You know, they say something and my thought comes up and I can immediately say, I'm not the worst mom. I had the pan on too hot. I'm packing lunches. I'm multitasking. It's okay. These things happen. Sometimes the kids will still eat the burnt pancakes. They don't really care that much. Next week, buy (laughs) Pop-Tarts. You know, like there's other options and other thoughts that don't have to lead to the feelings of shame and inadequacy. And then I get to skip out on the behaviors of stomping my little feet around the kitchen like I'm so mad. So this has been in process for like two months and I'm realizing that as I'm watching this cloud come at me and the thoughts are swirling that I'm I have the tools and I know how to use them now I think that during one of my therapy sessions the therapist asked if I had ever had like suicidal thoughts or, and I said, well, yeah, I mean, that's, yes, I have. And she said, you know, suicidal idealization doesn't mean you have a plan. It doesn't mean you're going to go through with it. And I was like, right. I just, I have experienced the feeling and the sensation of just wanting like peace. Like I just want out of this. I just want peace a lot in my life where I just felt overwhelmed. And she said, well, you know, usually that idealization will come from a place of not knowing how to use your tools. And so once you know what your tools are and you learn how to use them, it your brain might go there, but it's not the same. And that was that's where I feel like a, a big change has happened, where it's like even... My brain hasn't gone there in a really long time anyways, but even if I try to think about it, like I just, it's like, well, crap, (laughs) I've grown up. I can't, I know how to get through this stuff now. I'm becoming more, I'm not going to cry. I'm becoming more resilient with my thoughts. Um, I'm feeling more grit and determination about moving forward. Did all of this stop the depression from coming? No. It still is here. I'm still wandering around life feeling like I'm carrying an elephant with me and not sure why I can't just set it down. But I'm catching my thoughts and redirecting them. And it's really cool to... see changes. So one of the big things about going to therapy for me um, was, first of all, because I I have goals and things that I actually want to do with my life that have always felt unattainable, even though rationally I know they're not unattainable. It just felt like, why can't I just do the things I want to do? But another part of that was also that I was really struggling with my relationships. Um, I felt like, why can't I just naturally have these relationships? 
And I was listening to, oh gosh, now I'm going to forget his name, Mark Groves, I think. And he was talking about when your behavior gets in the way of deeper intimacy. And I was like, man, like I bring some awkward to the table anyways, and I bring my own fun, but I really am craving that like intimacy in relationships that I've never really had. And within my friendships with, I just want deeper, more nourishing relationships. I'm kind of burnt out on trying, I think the last year, sorry, I'm jumping right now. I think over the last year, you know, leading up to this lockdown stuff, we all had our parts to play in our lives. And we had who we showed up in, in our different relationships. And we, you know, we were balancing all of these things. And then after a year of not, I can't just like jump back into a role that I was playing in a friendship. Does that make sense? So instead of jumping into a role, I'm just showing up as my weird ass self. And I'm not necessarily giving a lot of insight or explanation as to why it's different. It just is because I can't try to play a role in people please anymore. So this is all I got. This is all I have the energy to do and be. And I think that, you know, as especially working with senior citizens, I don't think they're crabby. I think we just don't care to pretend to be anything else. And I feel like maybe that's, I'm just getting old. (laughs) I have really been on like a hyper awareness of death in the past year. And I think a huge part of that is just, you know, fear over the news and everything else. And then you know, like your birthday comes up and you realize, oh my God, I'm another year older and I didn't even live this past year. And it just like, I'm very fixated with death right now. Not in a creepy way, just like, I'm going to be dead soon. Way. (laughs) Because I'm so old. And that was a really weird tangent. Sorry. So I'm going to bring this back. Um, So I'm wanting this intimacy, like I'm wanting to feel like I am living into the cycles and the seasons of my life now. And I'm wanting to like solidify, like, listen, just so you know, you're my friend. And I would appreciate it if you could just show up and be my friend because I'm, I'm not here for bullshit. I'm here because I think you're a really cool human being and I want to hang out with you and talk to you. And maybe we have a common interest or something, but cool. I actually am not going to pretend here. I'm just going to show up as me. Enjoy. Maybe you'll accept me as your friend. (laughs) But then I'm also hyper aware of the relationships that I don't feel safe in. That I don't want to show up fully in that need a little bit more protection around them and so feeling into that and letting my thoughts kind of be my guide like what do I think about this person what do I think about myself when I'm with this person do I feel 
like I am being honest and true here. I think this like clean slate swipe of 2020 extended has really given a lot of space for me to just kind of not soften into relationships, but just observe them differently, I guess. Not in a judgmental, I want to catch you doing something wrong kind of way in my not great relationships, but more of like a, I'm going to respect myself enough to know if this works for me or not kind of way. So back to Mark Groves. Um, So he was talking about the behaviors that get in the way of intimacy as being um, sabotaging, stonewalling, abandonment, criticism, and contempt. And then he talked about how we talk about ourselves in this way too. We'll be like, oh, I hate that I stonewall. I hate that I, you know, I hate that I'm aloof. I hate that I self-sabotage. I hate that I'm so judgmental or... Um, that I get so defensive and that we actually need to kind of take a look at these things that we are so against and really look at why they came into being. So if we became somebody who was aloof and walled up, you know, thinking back to what your role models look like, thinking about what society's expectation is. Like society is like, be yourself, show yourself, but then we're going to cancel you (laughs) if you show up. So there's like this mixed messaging constantly of like who you should be and shouldn't be. And so learning to maybe show some appreciation because those things that that self-sabotage that you had for so long like that has protected you at think you know so you think and you know we don't trust what's beyond that and I think one of the big ones when I think about like my career and adult life that I have a hard time trusting the what comes next to be there and so then I get self-sabotaging um I'm going to talk about my weight a little bit today, and so that's going to come up again. I'm just talking about the self-sabotage. So, um, the not trusting and not knowing that you're going to be able to go the distance to get to beyond this. And so this, like, trust of self. So I'm getting this, like, respect of self, trust of self is becoming, like, the really big moving parts for me and being able to, I don't know, change this, I hope. So one of the things that he had said in his little video too was talking about just increasing the tolerance. And it was such a, like such a beautifully stated thing, like increasing the tolerance. It wasn't like fix it. It wasn't like change it. It was just work to increase your tolerance to handle the things that are uncomfortable. And... I feel like that has been my journey with therapy so far. It's just been working to make things more tolerable. It's not fixing them. It's not removing them. It's not drugging them. It's just how do we make this more tolerable? So I have, I had lost 10 pounds and I was super excited about it earlier this year. And then it was like just nothing, just a sea of nothing. 
I wasn't on a diet. I wasn't tracking my calories. I wasn't doing macros. I wasn't doing anything. I just was living and eating. But also my weight wasn't changing. And I was not just not feeling great. And we're living in a time in which everybody, not everybody, <laughs> people are discussing, like, if you're not in good shape physically, it's not going to be good for you when it's your turn to get COVID. It will be better for you to be a fit, healthy, active human being to then fight something else off. Makes sense. And I think the scary thing is that, no, it's not scary. It's exciting. It is. I knew I couldn't do a diet. I knew I couldn't be like, I'm just going to go keto. I'm just going to fast. I'm just going to you know, do something to change how I do this. And I'm going to lose weight quick. <laughs> I want those things. Don't get me wrong. I want instant gratification. I want instant results. But it's just not going to work that way. And also, I really just, like, I can't, I can't follow other people's advice. Like, I'm aware that, if I can sense a depression storm coming, how much else can I sense if I actually just turn off all the other voices and listen to my own body? How do I feed myself if I respect myself? How do I move if I respect myself? How do I rebuild that trust with my relationship with food and with myself? And I have been tracking my calories for a few weeks not with the intent of changing just to see what is happening so that I can better look at it and say okay this is why your weight is staying the same because I'm eating the right amount of calories for my weight to stay the same cool I'm not like eating crazy amounts of food or anything else but I'm eating enough to maintain my weight so now, what will I do with that? We'll see. But just bringing some awareness to myself, being able to work on that relationship with myself and with like the what comes next. I think when you're someone who has gained and lost weight on a couple of different occasions in their life, that you really start to have a hard time trusting yourself. And I think when you live in a society that there's a very dominant voice that says you shouldn't trust yourself, you need my diet, my oils, my food plan, you need to be vegan, you need to be <laughs> keto, you need to be running marathons, you know, it's really easy to get caught up in hearing all of that and trying to appease all the voices. So I guess basically the point of today's podcast is that I think the big thing that has changed is that these months of building and working on self-respect and earning, re-earning my own trust, like it's not where I want it to be. But it also is completely different than what it was. 
And I feel like I'm on the right path. I hope. (laughs) And if you are thinking that you might need to talk to a therapist, I highly recommend you Google one. (laughs) And it might take five to find the right one. And it might just not be the right time. I think the the other thing is that I spent so long reading self-help books trying to change myself instead of trying to accept myself. And if you're still in the state of mind where you want to change yourself, I don't know that you're there yet. And that's really hard because I didn't understand that. I kept hearing that, like, you, you need to accept yourself first. I literally didn't understand what that meant until now. I didn't. I couldn't comprehend. Here's another one that I've been really in, like just tickled with. So I would always hear that like you need to like the about forgiveness, like you need to accept the apology you're never going to receive. And I hated that. I really like I've been really trying to sit with forgiveness and like pull it apart and understand forgiveness and I've kind of turned the tables on it in that I didn't accept the apology I was never going to receive. I turned it and I started forgiving myself. I started forgiving myself for not having boundaries in relationships and respecting myself. I started forgiving myself for thinking that I wasn't capable of doing things that I'm capable of doing. I started forgiving myself for being a child who couldn't have done better in a situation who didn't understand the dynamics of what was happening in her life. The more I keep turning and working on forgiving myself, I feel like I'm showing up a little bit better. I really wish that this process had been magically short. I feel like this has been like a five-year process because I was collecting tools for a really long time and then I finally got to the point where I was like, okay, therapist, here's all these tools I have. What's wrong with me and what do I do next? And she's like, cool, here's what I see. Here's the tools you need. You already have them. Here's how to use them. (laughs) So I guess I should just wrap that up here. I do. All right, for the first time ever, I used an editing feature to cut out a very long-winded story that I tacked on to the end of the episode, and you're welcome. (laughs) I would like to, instead of a very long-winded story, wrap up today's podcast with a quote. This quote comes from a very wise source, Captain Jack Sparrow. The problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude about the problem. So I'm just going to probably pick up a new hobby with embroidery and hand stitching and needlepoint and stitch that on a pillow for myself to remind myself about how important it is to assess your attitude about your thoughts. Good luck out there, everyone. And until next time. The light inside of me sees the light inside of you. I I feel like I'm wrapping up a yoga class right now. Namaste, everyone. (laughs) Good luck out there.